check this out. This is Ice-T. Chris Harrison here, host of The Bachelor and Bachelorette. Hi, it's Brett Favre. It's me, you got Shen, Jeff, Lasse, what? Kelly Sheen here. It's me, Raven Simone. Real life Peter Griffin here. <laughs> this is your boy, D. Howard. What up, though? This is a big Snoop Dogg. It's your girl, Nene Leakes, honey. This is Flavor Flav. Representing on this new situation called Cameo. 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 What is going on? Another episode of the Cameo Handshake. You've got Southside Jake, as always, with my co-host, Mr. Blue Eyes, Kyle Singles. Kyle, say what's up to the people. What's up to the people? What's up, people? Per usual, a riveting intro from Kyle. Kyle, <laughs> we got special, special <laughs> guest today. I want to do the intro real bad because he's my mans and them, but I will leave it to you who is in the studio with us today. All right. Our guest today has so many hyphens, I don't think you can put them in any specific <laughs> box. Uh, he is a musician, Sorry. rapper, writer, poet, CEO of his own life, Mod Son. Yeah, bam, 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 bam. that was good. Go. That was riveting. Yeah. Yeah. Spot, we're gonna get it hot. Movement over <laughs> dreams, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank under you. none. Thank you. thank you guys for having me, man. I really appreciate it. Shout out Cameo, real, real. I, I feel like I was maybe at the at the start of Cameo, one of the, the first. Uh, I think you were an early, adapter. yeah, you were definitely very, very early. Adapter. First waves of that, and it's amazing to watch it uh, grow so exponentially. Well, we're, we, we appreciate the sentiment. We're pumped to have you around. The whole thing with Cameo, amongst one of the components of it, is it's a, it's a it's a revenue source as well for artists. Yeah. you know what I mean. Re well, so, you can set your own price. Yeah, so, so like you can't. You can yeah, where else can you do anything. that in the industry? You can't complain about anything with yeah. Cameo, That's and you're engaging like. with your fans anyway. So I digress. You know, it's yeah. Not, yeah, uh, it's know. amazing. Shout out Cameo. Yeah. So what's going on? So you're in LA. Obviously, there's so much to talk about with you. You're out. You're you're here. You're chilling with us. You're making music. You're writing books. I think you got a freaking uh, a poetry uh, mm -hmm. a production uh, publishing. Excuse me. Like what is going on with my son? How are you today? What what, what is up? Today, yeah. Well, that 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 pretty much uh, equivalates pretty much everything going on with me right now. Is I just literally for the first time ever am taking it one day at a time. You know, Beautiful. as simple as that sounds, it's actually been the one thing that I haven't done probably my whole life. I've pretty much lived in the idea of the future, which has caused a lot of my ideology towards positivity and um, living towards not the present moment. You know, knowing that the present is worth the future, whatever was going on in the present to kind of ignore it. And uh, that all shifted for me about three and a half months ago. And since then, I have uh, changed my lifestyle heavily and am actually present right now. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, it, it, you know, if this was a year ago, I would not be present, you know? That's and I would be talking all this grandiose ideology and all this stuff. And, um, and uh, now is the time where I'm really putting... Uh, my money where my mouth is and yeah. kind of proving all that stuff. Do you, uh, do you feel like, you said your ideology has changed. Mm -hmm. I actually, I, on the way here, I actually listened to your audio book. Yeah. And like, I a lot of it resonated with me yeah. philosophically, right? Yeah. I ideologically wise. Mm -hmm. But are you saying that you've changed how you're looking at it? Or were you think, are you saying um, that maybe you've yeah, well, started well, to look like at it? I mean, I think the hardest thing for anyone in the world is to like admit hypocrisy. And like in a way, I think that's been my biggest gift right now is being vulnerable and being transparent and like not being afraid to be like, okay, what I told you will get you this far. You know, it will get you this far. I don't think I ever really said in, you know, that book specifically, I don't think I ever really said like, this is a lifelong thing. It was mm -hmm. kind of like, I like to give advice after I've gone through things, mm -hmm. right? 
in, in, in the case of my book, I wrote it when I was 21, and I was kind of writing it about things that I was going to try to instill into myself, you know? And I've always, at 18 years old, my whole life changed. Like, I was a very stubborn kid. I was in sports my whole life. So that just built up this incredible competitiveness in between my friends. You know, when you're in mm-hmm. sports, when you're at practice, you're trying to be the best on the field, on the ice, on the whatever, right? So you're in competition with your friends, your best friends, you know? And then I was in competition because, like, my, my childhood was, was uh, I came from, like, a divorced family. So, like, my mother was in the crowd. And... Uh, as a sports kid, a male in sports, I was like, without a father figure there, I kind of wanted to have all the other fathers in the stand be like, that's the best, mm-hmm. right? So I'm in competition with everyone to be the best. And, and, um, and that like built up this incredible stubbornness and competitiveness and pushing me away from opportunities. And then at 18, like I found out about the law of attraction and um, the secret, you know, yep. it opened mm-hmm. me up to that world. Um, and one, one thing that I saw about The Secret and the Law of Attraction and all those things is it was all 50-year-old, 60-year-old people with no hair on their heads telling me about it. And I was like, I, 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 I can't digest that. that. I feel you, mm-hmm. but I don't believe you to the sense that, like, you don't look like a rock star to me. You don't look like you were out partying and bagging girls and all that, you know? When I say bad girls, I mean, like, picking up chicks. Sorry, I don't know, I don't know if everyone understands that lingo. Uh, you didn't look, they, they looked like squares low-key to me. So I was like, man, like, I want to be a voice that can send this law of attraction ideology to the world from a voice and a picture that kids could, like, latch onto and not some scientist telling you about this shit or whatever. And no disrespect to them because without those people, I wouldn't have found out about it, of course. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to continue that in a way that wasn't just people talking about all these great things about life when they're halfway through theirs. Yep. And so I, I wanted to switch all that up. And, and I feel like I served an incredibly big purpose doing that. That being said, all of that was me trying to instill those things into my life. Right. And the, the idea of manifestation is you talk about it like it's happening. Right. So that was what I was doing. And it got me so, so far and I think that's the point of it, is it will get you so far, but it will not take you past the finish line. It absolutely will not. You can't not live in the present and get past the finish would line. You, would you even say there is a finish line? Or is it 100, just a hundred percent there's a finish, finish line? There's a finish line to me as far as like I, I was a self-sabotaging person for a lot of my life. So I would get very close to the finish line as far as like overcoming something and, and going headfirst towards success, right? So there's a finish line as far as success comes to me is like, because I don't just do one thing. So like, I need to have deadlines. I need to have a finish line for me to attain the goal of finishing something, right? So there, there was these finish lines for me. And, um, and I would get so close and then I would self-sabotage myself. I, um, we haven't really got into it yet, but I was like, you know, codependent on a plethora of things. <laughs> so that, you know, and, and <clears throat> you know, I felt that my, my ideology hasn't changed as far as, like, life is awesome, right? Um, but my ideology has changed as far as, like, you know, I got really sad recently. And I didn't say the word sad out loud for 10 years. You would not. I mean, this yeah. guy over here can vouch for, like, one of my best friends. He's mm-hmm. in the room. I, if so, I could be crying my eyes out the second you walk in the room. Before you walk in the room, you walk in and they say, how are you doing? It's the best day of my life, man. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and I think that that will get you a really long way because it's, it's, it's the idea of, like, overcoming, you know? It really is. Um, 
But what it did to me was make it like I don't want to live my whole life like that. And um, as good as I always felt preaching positivity, like I felt like I ate everyone's sadness, to be honest. You know, a lot of the people that listen to my music about happiness are usually sad, which makes sense. You know, why would you gravitate to happy music if you don't need it? So um, like those people mean the world to me. And uh, and there's just something else that comes with being vulnerable and honest. Like the way I'm talking right now, like anyone who's like a diehard fan of me, if they hear me say like, yeah, like it's okay to be sad. They'd be like, what the yeah, fuck? You just taught that. me yeah, 10 years never to say that. And I'm like, yeah, this is evolution, baby. Like, yeah, you learn you're looking growing. dead in the eyes of someone trying to be better. So a question for you. Yeah. Like in that book, I think that you said something along the lines of, I don't have a bad memory. I have a selective memory. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Are you selecting more oh memories God. today to like, I need to Dog. actually talk I, about this as opposed to just I, passing it off? Yeah. yeah. I, um, well, just, okay. So just to be honest, like, like drugs um, helped me completely numb myself from any memories. Mm-hmm. And now that I am clean, which I'm sure we'll get into, um, I'm at 123 days right now. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Um, I am... I'm submersed in memories of my past, good and bad, all that. But I'm just like, the drugs completely, the drugs and alcohol completely washed those away, right? And the second that they would maybe creep in, I'd get high again, right? I'd get higher, I'd get drunker, and I'd run from it. And like, when I, I made a song recently called Run Away. It was kind of like, the, the first turning point in my musical endeavors where I was talking about the fact that, like, I want to stop running away from all my problems. And I still delivered it in kind of, like, a, a, a positive way. But it was, like, the first very vulnerable thing that I had done musically that was, like, stepping outside that box. And, um, like, to be honest, I'd always wanted to step outside that box because I love honesty. I love full honesty. And, um, you know, my selective memory of that, like, only selected the great parts of me to remember. And all these things, like, I'm, I'm, I'm firmly believing that, like, me changing my life path right now and keeping those things with me, that's my personal choice. Like, but, like, having a selective memory, and if you're able to do that, and if you're able to do that without drugs and alcohol, and you're able to just, like, move forward, that's amazing. That's an incredible talent. Like, someone like me, at this point, I've learned I need therapy. <laughs> I need therapy. Right. I need to say these things out loud that I have hid from the world and myself. And like when I became someone that was seen in the public eye, all those things that like I was hiding um, from the world became things that I hid from myself now, right? And I was like, oh shit. Well, well now, well, now you've me. become, and I say respectfully because I, mm-hmm. I do it a bit too, like almost a caricature of yourself. You yes, know what I mean? Yes. So you go from being mod, just like the dude, right? And then you set a standard with your celebrity and you're performing that like now I feel and I innately ha- like I have to live up to something. And I hate personas. But then I fucking hate personas. But it was man. you the whole time. You know what I mean? It was. As you but know, it, it so was getting and, back full circle to like, oh exactly. You know, to and, get and back in tune was, with the there guy. Was, there was a bit of a persona that crept in, you know, like um my idols are all rock stars that died at 27. Yeah, you, know? you got them all tatted all over your exactly. arms, right? And you like those, those and, are those are my gods, you know? Um and uh I just recently accepted God into my life, but up until then, these were my gods. And uh, and if I couldn't be completely vulnerable or I'm playing a persona, I decided, like, I'm not... I hated, like, 
bro, I hate being squeaky clean. I do not want to be a preacher. I hate, I am, a, I am an anti-hero more than anything. You feel me? I don't like people that are on a pedestal. I fucking hate it. And as soon as this like positive thing and be happy overtook, it felt like I was so squeaky clean. That's what I'm saying. You become like a- And like, I hated you, that. You, you, you're like pigeonholed into yes. that now no so matter then what. I, so then I threw, let's let's just go rock star. Let's yeah. fucking do this, but be the only dude that's like, because you don't see someone that's going and doing public speaking, motivational speaking, and slamming a bottle of whiskey and yeah, doing a fucking time. line of cocaine and smoking in front of your face. You don't see that, right? Because it's, you're squeaky clean. So I was like, fuck it. Let's break that stigma then. I will be fucking crazy. I will be chaotic, and I will still be like, "Ha, I'm happy." Like these aren't <laughs> these things aren't ruining my life, and that worked for a certain amount of time, and then it started ruining my fucking life. Yeah, I think it's dope to watch your progression, man. Because like I said, I've been following you for a long time. To to go from you know the 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 early and then the rock band thing you were doing, mm-hmm. and then becoming my son, and then just being you know you control your state of mind at all times. Yeah. In case you didn't know, dude. Now yeah. into like <laughs> then into like I am Jim Morrison. Yep. Now to full like Facts. humble, not yeah. that you weren't humble, but like I actually full, wasn't. I fully, wasn't humble. I wasn't humble. I'm totally okay with saying that. But you I feel fully I adapted now. Yeah, you I seem just I, like a happy cat now, yeah. but like an authentically happy cat, yeah, not yeah. because it's part of the like, yeah. the, the brand. Or exactly. Whatever, you know? I mean. Yeah, it was, you know, and it wasn't that scary. Like, I want everyone to know, like, it wasn't that scary, like, coming out with my secrets. And uh, I think it's only scary if you're not really willing to change. So if you're willing to change, I don't think any of this stuff is scary. It's actually really admirable. And I've, I, it, it's so amazing because if I was to say that I wasn't scared or um, a little bit in fear that I was going to lose everything that I built, like, when I decided to come out with all this truth, um, I'd be totally lying to you. Like, I was absolutely fucking scared, you know? And uh, it's had that, that, it's so great because I hadn't felt that feeling in so long. And, um, and it, it caused me to do things out of pure honesty because I felt like if I'm going to lose it, I might as well lose it, like, going down in, in, in glory, you yeah, know? And when you, uh, you posted a vlog, like, what was it? Yeah. Eight months ago, six months ago, something along those lines. Um, and you're kind of talking about that. You were afraid to, like, Put that out there to see what would it be. Yeah. And I noticed this is what I kind of look at just because of what industry we're in. And I dive down into that where you're admitting, you know, your addiction issues and things like that. Yeah. And I'm looking down through the through the thread, through the comments, which is a dangerous place to go. Yeah. And honestly, I saw so much positivity. When did you, did you just watch that? I literally watched it like two days ago. I, I, I dropped it two weeks ago. Oh, it's actually oh, two oh, weeks oh, old. Oh, my mind must have, yeah. I must have been looking at something else. But I was right. like, yeah. I looked in the comments and I'm like, whoa, this is a whole different bro, game right now. Bro, it, that's what I'm saying. I got welcomed into a community of, of people that I didn't even understand existed. And, and uh, you know, it's so, it's so funny. I was just talking to my brother over here about it. I was like, this, this vlog that I released, like, it's got, like, 400,000 views or something in two weeks. And, and all the comments, like you said, like, out of, like, let's say, like, 3,000 comments, there's, like, 2,990 that are good. Yeah. <laughs> there's, like, 10 bad ones. And I'm like... All the comments are of these people in all different ways saying that this is helping them and this is going to help. And I was like, that's what I've been trying to do with my fucking music this whole time. And I go and make this vlog, no edits, sitting, talking for 45 minutes to the camera, telling the truth. And all of a sudden, I'm doing what I've wanted to do my entire life with my music. And I didn't have to make a music video, mix it and master it and all this shit. I just sat and talked and posted it. And it fucking reacted in a way that I've wanted to that, that's my only goal. That's the only thing I feel good about at night. Like, 
I've, I'm on my third bucket list. You know what I'm saying? I've like really made my dreams come true. I've slept next to my dream girls. You know what I'm saying? I've done all that. But only thing that makes me sleep good at night is being like, yeah, man, like you're really going to be like welcomed into something beautiful after this life because you really like we're here to serve. And like whether or not I was serving with um, things that may have looked uh, hypocritical to you now or anything like that, I was never serving negative or evil, ever, ever. I was always, whether, whether it was looking like a facade or a persona, it was always about a bigger purpose and doing something for, for the better. So, like, I, I was able to feel good about it before, but now being transparent and being vulnerable and all this stuff, dude, it's like, whew, I can breathe. I can actually breathe again, you know? Well, you've, you've, you've always had just a positive movement though regardless mm -hmm. of what was going on with you internally yeah. there was mod just breathed energy i said it right yeah. before you walked the room i said watch when this cat walks in the room <laughs> it's gonna just fill up i said that because i'm like this dude's just constant positive vibes positive energy no matter what yeah. and there's no way that you could do that for 10 15 years however long you've been doing it if you were faking the funk right <laughs> you know i what agree i mean? i'd I, I be saying that all the time like I, i'm always like conscious of that like i don't like i don't I don't like the word fake, but I'm not afraid of it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's such a scary word for anyone to say. If your friends say, oh, you fake or you change and all this shit, like, that's such a scary thing to hear. And I'm like, so congratulatory of it now because it's like, hell yeah, bro. Like, who the fuck here is 100% authentic all the time? Show me that person. I would love to know someone that's never inside themselves been like, I'm faking it. Because if you walk into a party and you fucking are not faking it in some way, because you're around a bunch of strangers and you want to present yourself the way that you want to present yourself. If you're not faking something, you're fucking faking it <laughs> right there. Uh, like, that's the circle of fake. We are out making. here. Yeah, we are out here surrounded by strangers and we want to impress all of them. Right? That's within us. It's innate. It's human condition. You like everyone out here thinks they're looking for someone else. Right? We all think we were like, yeah, we're born alone, we die alone, but why are we all connected, like trying to connect with each other? And like what I've learned is like the opposite of addiction is connection. And like I was unconnected from so many situations, from so many relationships, from my whole entire career, from everything, like because of my addiction. And like I'm addicted to everything. So like now I'm addicted to being clean. Like now I'm addicted to being like 123 days, motherfucker, watch me get to 124. Like, now I'm like that. Like, I haven't slipped up. Like, a lot of cats that, that get clean. And, like, don't ever be hard on yourself for, like, going through that. But, like, I'm very proud of myself that I have. I've, I go out. I was out last night until 3 in the morning with my boys. Like, hanging with rock stars, doing drugs around me. And I ain't fucking even tempted because I'm like, I stand for something. I will always stand for something. And, like, if this is what I stand for now, then I'm going to stand for it. But, like, at the same time, like... For me, internally, my whole life has changed since I've cleaned up. And I just know that. Like, I'm blessed. I'm grateful. God has brought me back to life. And I couldn't be happier. Um, but, like, I don't know if this is how I'm going to be the rest of my life. I have no fucking idea. I feel great right now. But, like, 30 minutes before we got here, I was telling him how shitty I feel. Because I wake mm -hmm. up in the morning, my stomach turning, and I'm... I'm still in the midst of this, you know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? And, like, I'll always be an addict and I'll always be in recovery. Like, that's what they teach you about this shit. It's like, I go to AA and, like, I go on Sunday and for three days, I have the best three days because I just, a weight is lifted and I'm learning. And then I have 
four awful days in my week. You know, and that's how it's been lately. I have three great ones and four off. Mix in a Wednesday meeting, baby. Was yeah. that yeah, I know, mix in a Wednesday meeting? But, you but, have two but, more I, good but days. I know. I, I I've tried. I try to go <laughs> to other ones, and only this this one is the only one that works for me, man. And like, that's the other thing about going to A is that um, you know, anyone who's out there has, has tried. Or, it's funny because I don't feel like I'm talking to no one when I talk about this stuff because I actually feel like so many people are going through this. But um, if you go, don't don't give up. It's the same thing with therapy. Like you got to find. What works for you? And if the first one doesn't work, or the second one, or the third one, or the fourth one, don't fucking stop going. Just try different ones. Because, like, I found one that I, I've never felt more comfortable in yeah. my life. I, I get three minutes to talk in front of the group every time, and I spend three minutes crying in front of them. Yeah. Well, I think it's really important <laughs> it's like, for people like you with a voice. And I think there's more and more professional athletes and, like, big personalities and famous people that are like really starting to talk about these things the way you're talking about it today, which is so important for society. It's a wave, bro. It's a transparency wave that's coming through. There's a paradigm shift going on. Yeah, yeah. there's a magnifying glass on our generation of millennials or whatever, or we're overly stigmatized, whatever, we're all trying to measure ourselves against people. Mm -hmm. But like, I feel there's been a shift, like maybe in the last year, or maybe I wasn't paying attention before. No, I think it's even more. more I think it's even it more fresh than that. I think it's really yeah. like a thing that's just starting to happen. Where everyone, you know, like the, I can I could list off countless people that I've seen recently that have like really really been the most vulnerable they've ever been. And I'm seeing that, and it's not vulnerability about their career; it's vulnerability about themselves. Like I love to see someone pick themselves back up. Like I, that's what I was saying about the anti here and all that. Like I'm an outcast, bro. Like. I grew up in the suburbs. I had no friends that skateboarded, no friends that played music. I was wearing girls' jeans when they didn't sell tight guys' jeans. I had half and half hair. I carried a briefcase to school. I was the outcast. Like, I was never meant to be. And, you know, it, it, the funny thing that, that I've been really grateful for that I have pushed myself away from is that every time they try to pull me into the in crowd, I, I'm just like, get me out of there. Get me out of there. Something tells me, you know, and I've been around. I mean, now that I've been in Hollywood for five years, like, I've always had friends and peers that have been, like, popping, doing their thing. But since I've been out in Hollywood, obviously, like, relationships, I've had all that shit. Like, I've been mixed in with the real blase blah out here. And every time they've tried to, like, bring me in, I've just been like, get me the fuck out of here, man. I'm not meant for to, to sit here under some false pretense and talk about nothing. What are, what are some other differences? So I'm from Wisconsin. You know, you're yeah. from Minnesota. I went to yeah. college up in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. So I'm really Fuck familiar. Yeah. Shout out Eau Claire. <laughs> I'm real familiar with where you kind of come from. So yeah. like, I'm like imagining moving to LA yeah. from growing up in that environment. What are some of the other things that are like different, you know, from the Midwest, you know, we're from Chicago now and LA and, and like and always. You know and what? Always. Like, it's really funny because like every city is catching up to LA now. So it's really kind of awful. <laughs> hmm. Like, uh, every, you know, the biggest difference is I would say out here is no one's hiding their, their drug use. No one's hiding their alcohol use. Um, if anything, people are like flaunting it. And, um, and it's really easy to get caught up in like a, um, press, press out here. Like, like events and press and all that shit, like meaning something, the fact that there's something going on every night here for real. And, um, there's a lot of things that pull you to those things. Like, here's an event. You need to be there. And then you go there, and then you're out till 5 a.m. And, like, um, so, like, those, those are my biggest difference. Obviously, there's a difference in, in attitude and all that. But, like, my, my biggest difference from the Midwest coming to here was just that, like, um, I don't think, like, people are, like, 
faker out here, the industry. I really just think people don't give a fuck out here when it comes to like all the things that they thought were bad, they don't think are bad anymore when you come here. Hmm. And like, it's just that simple. The things that you were judging before, within six months, you stop judging them. You probably start doing them. And, uh, and that I've seen that take everyone. I mean, I've seen everyone realize clout and getting in the right picture and finessing and all that shit. Like I see it everywhere. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then, um, and I've experienced it, all that shit. So it's like, I see those things more than anything. Yes. Is there pluses out here? Yeah, there's pluses. There's an ocean right there, but I bet none of these motherfuckers around here that don't take advantage of that, including myself. You know what I'm saying? We all got the ocean right there. And I'm from the Midwest. And I still don't go to the beach. You know? Yeah. It's fucking weird. We're blessed with so many things out here and we complain about them. <laughs> and it's like, bro, it's hot every day. It's hot every day out here. The sun's shining. And I'm going to tell you the truth. I fucking can't stand the sunshine every day. I'm like, give me something new. But like we, and I'm complaining about it. The well, fact you're that you're welcome to come visit us in yeah, Chicago say, anytime. Switch, uh, bro. Bro, bro, bro. You want a nice negative <laughs> hey, 16 no. one day yeah. in Dog, January? I open. know what it's like to Mod go to the bus stop you. at 6 a.m. Oh, in the pitch yeah. black, in a different pair of clothes, yeah. in the zero right, degrees. Right. Yes, yeah, I that, know about that. You had the skin tight jeans, but you also had a huge jacket, down goose. No, you had to have the different outfits. First of all, you can't wear jeans to the bus stop in the winter because them bitches is is. Soaking wet by the time you the get to The bottoms school. get all wet. Yeah. Then you got to have your boots and your nice shoes in the backpack. Like, this shit is crazy. And I, and look at I'm out here complaining about it's hot every day and nice. No, but anything but, anything in life, though, you become used to it. And then I call them first-class problems, right? So it's mm-hmm. like the same thing. Like, yeah, you know, too, too, if you're consumed by it, it's... But as long as you know, which you obviously do because you're being silly about it, that it's a first-class problem, yeah. then you're all good. You yeah. know what I mean? Knowing, know, what was I saying, G.I. Joe, and knowing's half the battle. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. so, you know, it's all good. Uh, I want to ask you a question now so we're doing the sober thing which i commend you for but i have to say also just just i have to i get so much shit about this so like i have to like try my best to say clean because i still smoke marijuana right now okay so you and i'm trying yeah and like it's a whole fucking thing like like for me you know like weed has really saved me to not take pills and um there's people that go through sobriety and are on pills every day so i personally yes i'm, I'm so clean. Let, let me word it this way you're yeah. going through a lifestyle change for yourself yeah my question comes back to the art and the creativity i know for me when i'm writing admittedly if i've got a few beers in me mm-hmm. it flows way better way oh, yeah. more almost like clearer you're, you went from writing while being, you know, using all the time. Now you're writing and you're not. What's the difference? How do you feel create creatively? Dude, fucking way better. Way, way better, bro. Um, like, uh, my, my drug of choice was cocaine and, and whiskey. Um, and so that's what I would do in the studio. I'd be sitting there, do a bump, slam whiskey, yeah. do a bump, slam whiskey, and I'd be in there for 24 hours. You say, know? Three days, probably. Yeah, and... Uh, and um, uh, I finally am like making very, very. It's finally it's 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 really great because I think every artist deals with the whole like. I love your first stuff. I love your first stuff so much, man. Like, make stuff like your first stuff. And like I've been an artist that's dealt with that my whole life because Bob Dylan's my favorite artist, and um, 
He never made the same fucking album twice. And Didn't they, give a fuck. He got booed off stage when, when he, he went played electric, like dude. Rolling they Stone for a year straight. And now it's one of the top five songs in history regarded theoretically. Uh, they booed him off stage for a year straight when he played that, by the way. Another Minnesota cat too, right? Yes. Yeah. And uh, that's that's within me. Is I don't, yeah, I'm ahead of my audience in the terms of I don't ever feel the need to make another song with the idea of saying, let's make one like this that we made before. I just don't do that. It just doesn't work for me. So, like, um, I finally somehow, though, throughout this, have, like, tapped into that original sound that I had, which was, um, which was not, like, just, like, you should be happy as fuck. Like, my original sound was actually pretty fucking... Yeah, it was gnarlier than that. Yeah, it was really actually kind of intricate and and you specifically using words that you didn't hear in rap songs. Yeah. You know, but not trying to sound like a dictionary. Just saying stuff like, okay, the new Post Malone album talks says the word law of attraction. And it's like the first time in popular music I've heard someone say law of attraction. I was saying that 12 years ago, not to fucking have any comparison, just saying I was specifically saying things that wouldn't be mainstream, right? Specifically. And uh but not not saying any, but but trying to make it intelligent and intellectual as much as possible. And I think along the lines, I think every artist kind of finds a formula and gets a little bit lazy in terms of wanting to it's go easy to stay in routine. Yeah, to go the like like for me like when I started using melody a lot. Like I mean, okay, my let's just put it in perspective. My first songs would probably consist of one thousand to fifteen hundred words. My songs off my last album would probably consist of like. 300 to 350, right? So that's comparison-wise, is that I was going the extra mile, really in my notebook, going crazy, and then you get into a system where all of a sudden you're like sitting on the mic, not writing anymore, and it's not as easy when you're just on the mic, not writing it to really completely thought-out idea, right? And I used to spend, at the beginning of my career, like months on a song, like, creating a perfect idea and those songs compared to my songs on my last album are probably trash but that being said I was going the fucking extra mile on everything and um I think that's what I've tapped into again is that I'm going literally because I have nothing else to do now <laughs> I don't <laughs> there's really not that much for me to do I'm my my new drug is like really just my career, which is amazing for the first time ever, I've, I've, um, which is so funny because I've inter, uh, intertwined my real life, my actual real life into my career so much lately. And now my career is like the only thing that's like really, you know, I'm 32. I'm like, let's motherfucking go. Right. Like, it's it. Like, this album, like, you know, that will be done. That's, that's my whole idea of this album is that will be done. So, like, if I deserve it, I'm going to get it. And I'm working absolutely as hard as I can because I know exactly where I want to go. I know where I want to be. I know what, in my head, I you know, the hardest thing ever for me was convincing myself of superstardom. Um, I would always have that vision to manifest but not see myself on the stage. It would still be someone else. And I'd try so hard, come on, man, just really see yourself. Stop. Stop, like, just do it. And I finally see myself in front of the arena. Finally look at, like, when I close my eyes, I finally see my stupid big-ass smile. Just like, <laughs> we did it. And uh, 
I finally, finally, fully believe that, and I'm not trying to convince myself anymore. And that's caused me to go the extra mile within my music. And I'm, and and that's that's what I think the sound of my original music was. I think that you could hear how hard I was trying and how much I wanted it. And then throughout time, I think throughout a number of things would have affected it. But um, I just started to not put in as much work, I would say, probably. So you're putting in more work now. Are you, are you sitting down in a, a journal every day? Like, what does that process for you look like today? Uh, like, like, so I, I still, for all my songs, um, they either start with, well, I make all my beats. So I make all my music. And um, the music creates the song for me. So, like, I, I spend time on the music. And, uh, by the way, every song that I do on my album, I sit down, I start from scratch, and I don't stop until it's done. Fully. The album. Yeah, for the album. I don't stop until the song is done fully, lyrically, everything. So, like, I sit there, and, and he can vouch for me. Like, every song on it has been started with zero and gone to all the way. And then from there on out, I might, like, you know, craft it a little bit. But, but it's, like, the hard work that I'm talking about is those ideas that I'm putting into it are coming from a multitude, not just that present moment. They're coming from like a multitude of me going like, when I come to the studio now, like this is my holy ground. So I'm gonna, like I have this ability now finally to have this little area in my brain that I store all these ideas that I wanna take to a song and not just try to take it out and go boom. And it like, it's it's funny because again, I'm sounding contradictory of saying like, I'm spent working my hardest ever. But the hard work that I'm putting in is like, it's all happening before I finally sit down and do it now. Like, I'm finally creating this whole idea of a song and then bringing it to the table rather than trying to be like, all right, channel me, like, channel me, you know, tell me what to do, like, let me just feel it. And it's like, I'm really coming in with some kind of full idea. So, like, it'll start with the music and... Um, it's either I so so if I write I type I'm on I'm on a typewriter, and uh, I write all my books on a typewriter, and so a lot of my songs from the album have started as like uh, I've, I've been posting a lot of my poetry online lately like just on caption stuff and if something has like a really really big reaction to people I'm like okay maybe that should like be a song idea so like all of these things are not, none of it's forced anymore I think that's the best the best way to say it, is that none of this is forced it's really like. I write something that comes out of me. If it's fucking pivotal, it's going to end up in a song. And if it's not, then I'm going to be in that process of where I make for this album a thousand songs I have already made for this album. And the album's going to have 17 or 18 of them. So it's like I'm totally down with adding one of those songs to the didn't make it, right? But like, if there's one that really has something about it, then it came from all the experience before me, it came from all my experience. There's none of it that's just like, yes, you were channeled. Something was in the room with you. And that's what my music was for like the last couple of years was like, I was like, these guys are in me. They're channeling me. You know, Tom Petty said this thing and like changed my whole life. He was like, yo, you know, when I like, okay, American Girl, for example, he's like, I'm playing ding, 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 ding. He's like, I'm playing that shit for like five days. It's fucking one chord. Ding, 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 ding. And he's like, I'm playing that for five days. And I just love it. And I get to a part where I'm like about to write the words and I start writing something. And he's like, man, that's not it. And he just starts playing, and he goes, I'm going to let the song just take me. And he said, every time from that point on, it's like any hit that I had, he's like, if I forced it, I'd come to the crossroads, and if I forced it, 
it wouldn't work. But if I let the song just do what it was going to do, it became a hit. And that, like, seeped into me so hard where I was just like, just let the fucking song do what yeah. it does, man. Hippy-dippy, yeah. Well, that's like, what you said, though, too, about, like, your 1,500 words a second song versus now your 300 words a second song. Mm-hmm. Like, the 300 words a second song is, like, Letting it come to you and finding a vibe and finding a flow and right. riding a wave. Right. Fifteen hundred is like, oh, I got, I got to fill. The, the, it's a meaning, you right. know. It's not, it's not a swag. Yeah. It's, it's and there's no, exactly. and it's not wrong. There's, it's not wrong. I've there's, done that too, but yeah. now, like, it's okay. Like Tom Petty, prime example. Like yeah. American Girl is such a simple song. Yeah, but. If he would have overthought it and been in there and like hammer, hammer, exactly. hammer, hammer, it wouldn't have been she exactly. was in a because listen, if you and I wrote a song right now and we said, all right, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna we're gonna call it American Girl. We're gonna be like, man, <laughs> we're gonna overthink it, we're gonna say yeah. that's too hard. And then you're gonna hate it. We're gonna say, let's find a smarter way to say that yeah. and go through the whole uh-huh. thing. Or you could just ride the wave and be like, She was an American exactly. girl. Exactly. He did the same thing on Free Fall. By the way, one of my yeah. favorite stories is he was playing Free Fallen, also a three-chord song, and he said the producer dude was like, um, you know, make it more like make it more American pie, make it more homey. And he said he was teasing with the opening line uh, when she's a good girl, crazy about Elvis. Yeah. He said he was he was he was making fun of yeah. his producer. Yeah. He's like, oh, you want American? All right. She was crazy about Elvis. Right. She and, loved then the country. and then he's she like, oh, Jesus. shit. And then they were like, oh, shit, this is the one. Exactly. So sometimes it, it, exactly is good. No, exactly. And it, yeah, I don't think there's a I personally don't think there's a wrong way to make music like I, I try to be as unjudgmental as I can when it comes to like, I mean, if someone tells me, do you like this song? I'm going to really try my, my hardest to find something I like about it before I find something I don't, right? I'm a fucking producer. Yeah, great snare. <laughs> great snare in that song. Like, I'm going to be constructive. Um, I don't think there's a wrong way to do this shit. I just think that for me personally, I think that my touch on the world was felt more when I was putting in the extra mile and not riding the wave. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, I, I guess, I guess that's really funny because it's so simple, but like, I'm not a wave rider, you know? Yeah. I kind of like to start my own fucking wave. And I got lost in, I think that's what happens with musicians, yeah. bro. You get a little bit of it popping and then maybe it starts popping more and then that's what you do. Because you want to stay Because you are in fear every day of losing That's why it. he doesn't go to the beach. Nah, he, he makes his own waves. He doesn't yeah, like right. to go. I recorded my pool. That's why I sound wavy. Ma doesn't need the sun either. It's just his own yeah, light everywhere he goes. Just walks incubate in. Incubate myself. So making your own waves, you said this a little bit earlier, but uh, you were talking about you've been through two bucket lists. You're yeah. working on a third. Yeah. What are some of the things that are coming out on that bucket list now as you're kind of like approaching this next wave you're going to create for yourself? Um. Personally, this is this next tour is gonna be the last tour that I do in those size rooms, right? I'm I'm done with doing 700 cap rooms. I'm moving to the big fucking leagues after that, which is 1500 cap rooms, and then you go to 3000, and then you go oh, to arenas. Yeah. Um, I've played in the same venues pretty much my entire fucking life since I was 15, literally with Four Letter Live, then Scary Kids, Scaring Kids, then Mod Son. I have played. The fucking marquee yeah, the, the, at Denver, the, or the, the you know what I'm the saying? Level joints. Yeah, I have played every one of them. Pops in in Chicago, or what, what's what's another one? Reg, in Chicago. Reg, I played Reggie's, Reggie's, the Forge. The, the, is Reggie's the one with the sewer in the middle of the yeah, stage? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. played Reggie's 15 fucking times in my life. You feel me? Let me throw one. Line. And I love you, Reggie's. <laughs> I know <laughs> no, about Reggie's your best. sewer. <laughs> Let me throw a quick antidote though. This podcast is not about me. I have to say this because yeah. I do music too. 
when I played Reggie's opening for you, I think it was like 2013 or something yeah. like that. That was the first time, because all about progression, that I had played like to me like a, a 200 cap room at that time was yeah. like a, it was a huge deal. Yeah. And me and my brother were, were bumping Chain Gang the whole night before. Yeah, classic. Like, wow. And then yeah. got to Reggie's, went to the green room, met you, chilled out, broke out the whole deal, performed. And after that, I was speaking of riding waves. I was riding a wave like. I made it. Bro, I remember I this day. I actually it. remember this day. It was a, it one of the biggest moments of my life at the yeah. time, right? And now it's funny because, like, I'm still low to mid-level. But yeah. now, like, I just, humble brag, I just sold out the House of Blues in Chicago yes, as the headliner. Sir. Big and now, shit, boy. Southside Jake, what's good? But anyway, I'm not saying that the humble brag. I'm just saying I love, like, the progression. So you saying, yeah. like... We love you, Reggie's. Like I'm done with Reggie's, and yeah. now it's only time for the for the 1500 ones. I'm like, giving them all one more I round love too. Impression, man. You know? That's beautiful. I'm giving thing them to one watch. more round, and like I'm, I'm standing firm to my word, just because, like, again, that will be done. Like, bro, I'm really, really, really. I've changed my whole life, and I'm living a pretty fucking, a pretty solid one right now. To the point where, like, I've been given blessings before without feeling the way I do about myself. I just know there's a great blessing coming. So, like. I I know this is gonna be my last run in those in those venues, and I, like I'm really proud of what I've built because like at the same time, bro, like I've been brought on uh, three tours, maybe that the one that you just talked about yeah, being one of them. G Easy, I think. Yeah, the rest the rest of my tours have been me headlining, which is dope. You know, it's been me building this motherfucker up, like for real, from the ground, from the mud, for real, and. And and that comes with like yo that the, the Mod Sun career comes with six years of a career in fifteen passenger vans sleeping on the floor of people's houses getting on stage playing for no money and saying simply we are here playing can we sleep on one of your floors tonight that that's what you did like that was my grind for six years before I did this so then doing Mod Sun I got blessed with being able to be a headliner and do my own thing and now I made this big great change in my life that myself has been waiting for and. Like I said, I'm very, very, uh, I would say I was anti-religious and un very unfaithful in that way for all the way until uh, I cleaned up. And I don't know what it is, but, but uh, you know, God has, like, really, like, become my friend. And I, like, don't feel so alone anymore. And it's pretty awesome. And, and again, I, I'm pretty sure, yeah, I have in my songs talked about not believing in God, you know? And... Uh, and so it's it's amazing to to find new things in life. I think I think that's what I'm also giving people a taste of too that maybe they are latching to is that like as good as it is or you think it is, like you can always recreate things to look forward to. You know? Like you you know, my mom just retired and and God bless her. Like she worked, she's a single mom. She worked her whole life to like support me and my sister. And uh, and never really enjoyed life, and and now she's retired, and like I'm gonna help her find things to look forward to because she she spent her whole life working, and she didn't really take that time for herself, and like she was put in a fuck situation where she had to do it, but like at the same time, like I want to show her that like she can recreate a whole great world to look forward to, you know I th I think that people. Um, I think that for a while people were like getting convinced that life was going to be short and and uh and that there's going to be a time where it runs out of fun and I think as I've gotten older like I'm just learning that I'm really really feel younger and younger every day not only that but I fucking look younger <laughs> like I really do like the inside feeling beautiful on the inside will really do wonders to your outside and uh so yeah 
I, I, I don't know. Maybe I got sidetracked, but yeah, shout out my mom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think good. the question was about the bucket list. You said moving on to bigger venues. Oh, and right. Like yeah. That. So, so the venues, the venues, um, and then it does tie in. Like, uh, I want to, <clears throat> one of my biggest goals is, um, is creating a platform for, uh, A, um, my sister. Uh, she's like an angel to me. And, uh, is she an artist too, or she's not an artist. She's uh, she does PR. She does my PR, oh, and cool. she's she's done everything. She she went to school to be a lawyer, and then she switched, and then she she's she's fucking incredible, and uh, and she's going through it. You know, she's older than me, and she's going through it, and so I want to create a uh, a world for her, and then like my dude right here, Lost in Vegas. He's the first artist that I have on my label. My other artist is called Winter Havens. My label is called the New Hippies, and. Uh, I want to create a platform for them and watch them shine. And, uh, ah, yeah. And, um, yeah, I really, uh, like, I really want to do something more with my, my gifts. My gifts are like, I have uh, a really good, a great energy, you know? I have a great energy that's kind of like, you can't deny that. And, um, I have an amazing connection with people. Like, uh, People feel comfortable with me, and they also, uh, they believe in me, like, when I say things. So I just want to, like, really, really, really try to use those things more. I think I was focused for a long time on uh, wanting to please the wrong people. Um, I think that, like, the fact that I have, I have a support system and a group of people that have been listening to my music for 10 years, I don't think I've done enough for them. And so, yeah, I just want to create a a space for the things that I've helped create in a way, you know, the things that I've helped uh, get to get to a, a certain place. Like, I think that I've made artists believe that they can do it on their own. I mean, I'm still, like I said, I have my own label. I'm still unsigned. And I, I, I kind of operate at like the level of a, a major label artist. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, my song gets played on the radio out yeah, here buddy. in California, yeah, you know, buddy. like we're doing good, but, uh, I'm kind of really just not so concerned with um, my own personal bucket list now is kind of filled with other people, right? And it's pretty cool. It's <laughs> a good that, bucket list to have. Yeah, right? I think that's a true sign of becoming whole in yourself, though. Like once you've kind of complete yourself, so to say, then you can <laughs> yeah, truly a, reach out. That's and really help great others, way to put you know it. I, I fucking mean? appreciate that. That's cool, actually. Yeah. yeah, I didn't think about it like that. Um, listen, we want to be respectful of your time. Let's oh, yeah, lighten up a little bit. We're, yeah. ask, we're asking you a, cu a couple silly, just rapid okay, fire cool. joints. Cool, you know, cool, cool. Nothing, nothing overwhelming. Uh, I'll, I'll go. Maybe I don't even know if you do coffee. You do coffee, Starbucks, oh. Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts? If you do the coffee, thing. Starbucks, Starbucks. But I actually just had to like. Now I'm fucking drinking energy drinks because my my teeth were turning colors because of how much coffee I was drinking. I didn't drink coffee until 123 days ago. I literally didn't drink coffee my entire life. Like. Hated coffee. Would, like, give him shit. I would literally be like, coffee? Do some fucking cocaine, you pussy. I would literally be like... Get a real stimulant. <laughs> yes, yeah, I swear to God, I was a fucking <laughs> asshole about it. What's the meme or whatever on the internet where it's, like, Carol's on her, like, 20th cup of coffee? It's like, just do, do cocaine, Carol. <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ. Jesus. You know what I mean? You've had 20 coffees. Today. Drink a bag. Right. Jesus Christ. Oh, do the bag fucking me. <laughs> um, yeah, so, yeah, All I'm right, trying so to get off the coffee. Starbucks yet. weaning off. Okay, yeah. got it, got One it. One celebrity you haven't met yet but would just love to oh um who do i got yo so my my like crushes right now it's that rosalia girl you know her 
Rosalia. Yeah, Rosalia. We love her. A quick we're Google like, cover. Yeah, that. we're stands, bro. We are Rosalia stands. So like Rosalia, yeah, uh, my son's got, here yeah. waiting for you. Yeah, no. Feel free to reach out. To honestly, us. bro. Honestly, bro. It'll probably happen. Um, <laughs> uh, Manifest. And yeah, oh, she's beautiful. Yeah, she's so beautiful, and her music is amazing. Shout out, Ros- um, also Rosalia. If you want to be on cameo, holler. Yeah, she, dude. Yeah, she should be. See, okay. um, let's see. I, I usually have a good list of this. Um, Obviously, like, no, I can't. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> that's, that's the anyway, first thing yeah, that he has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that we're going to All right. Um, moving, we'll move, moving on. Moving on. We'll move past We'll it. move past We don't want to get you in trouble at the 12th no, hour. If you want to write honest, it down bro, and just move honestly, over a piece hey, of paper. Hey, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be totally honest. I'm trying to keep this whole thing with all the, the amazing women in my life. I'm trying to keep it real, real cool and pure right now and not get into much Fair trouble. Enough. I that's love, enough. Fair I, enough. I have a lot of really amazing... Um, people in my life that have just like come to like really like nurture me and take care of me. So I'm like very blessed with that. I love you girls. All right, beautiful. We'll yeah. move on. We won't get you in trouble. <laughs> uh, random ass one. Say it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful summer day. We are going out on the water. You want a speedboat so you can go skiing and yeah. do that? Or you want the pontoon so you can just vibe back? No, speedboat, wakeboarder, wakeboarder yeah. all fucking That's day. Minnesota. And Minnesota. Yeah, Minnesota. Yeah, bro. A, I mean, like, pontoons Lake are real. Pontoons are real, real Midwest thing. I don't even think I've ever seen a pontoon outside of the Midwest. Dude, right? my, I don't know, wait, Florida, huh? My answer is pontoon, by the way. Yeah, uh, right, because did, that's just like the, the Rager. Give me a few Yeah, that's the Rager and, boat. Yeah. That's where you, like, yo, in Minnesota, they do this thing called Big Island, like, where, where you just go to an island and, like, yeah, thousand boats just tie Absolute, up to each that's other. That's all I yep. ever want to do. Woo. I mean, I want a wakeboard too. Yeah. All I want I to do well, is go to some hillbilly there's like lake. Four hundred versions of that right yeah. there. It's like, uh, yeah. oh, the Mississippi hit a sandbar. Yeah. Oh, there's yeah. a creek. Why don't you take yeah. a float? You know, like every like, single oh, version. Oh, the old sewer over there. Yeah, it's tie up. <laughs> yeah, and it is too. I was by one in Indiana the other day. No disrespect at all, but it was right off of like these power lines, and I was like, this oh, is. This, I don't know, you know if this is it. I don't know if this is it, bro. They're like, we love. Everything in Indiana. <laughs> oh man, guilty funny. pleasure movie. Um, uh, you know, I'm pretty confident about like shit. So like, I don't really. It's not really a guilty no guilt. pleasure, but like, I'll watch like, yo, my guilty pleasure recently um, was a TV show, and it was like Real Housewives of. Potomac. Hey, you're shit. talking to the right. Shit. We you're love talking the to the, You're talking to the right Bro, squad like, right now. Like, yo, we would you? I mean, like that. Those are my guilty pleasures. Is like when I like when I'm like, say I'm like seeing a chick and she like likes those shows, and then I like start watching them. Like for the t- first two episodes, I'm like, are you seriously having me watch this shit? And by episode three, I'm like, what's John doing? <laughs> you know, I'm like, how could John cheat on yes, Karen? No, this I'm is like, bullshit. yo. So like that is a guilty pleasure. Is like I'll be like that, but like, dude, I'm a fucking fiend for movies and TV shows. I keep up with pretty much everything, everything. Coming out like yo, if you guys watch the Righteous Gemstones, you started oh, watching yeah. that. Fucking awesome! Love I think it. I, I think I anything like it. Danny McBride. You guys is, obviously um, like Euphoria, yeah. Everyone in the world mm-hmm. did, yeah. Um, yeah, dude, I'm a fucking nut for TV show. I just I just started watching The Office like two weeks ago. A little late, but real we'll, late we'll, is shit. Late. I literally like swore it off. I was like, no, nah, I don't want to watch that. And then I finally like got through a couple episodes. I was like, this is great. I'm on like fucking season. 10. That's no. how it goes, though. It's not the same as old as Seinfeld, but, like, I did Game of Thrones, like... Oh, come like, on. Could they drop a new curve, bro? Isn't it coming? <laughs> yeah, it's coming. coming, too. Oh, yeah. my God. I need that shit. That, that is the probably the greatest writing. It's, Larry David is just... 
fucking it's, incredible dialogue wise. I don't know, man. Yeah, Larry's every single guy. every single moment of awkwardness in that yes. show is just like yes, and it's so real yes. too. You know, like bro, he literally like you know he's that fucking notepad motherfucker that'll be in the middle of a conversation, pull it out his notepad. I got it, got it, I got it. I think I there was that. Yeah. I, got I think bit. there was like it was like maybe last season or the season before. There was I, you could name a hundred different things in yeah. that show, but there was the one where he was holding the door, and he didn't know if there was enough time to shut the door <laughs> or open the door. And I remember watching that episode and that day that had just happened to me. And I was like, do I, I don't know. Bro, the I'm way it depicts, like, bro, that's the whole, like, does Warhol depict life or does life does, depict yeah, Warhol? Art, art, does art come first or, you know, does life come first? It's true, though. It's true. Well, listen, Mod. We appreciate you so much, man. Yes, sir. And being in the cameo famio too, like yeah. Kyle, tell them tell them how they can get mod if they want to talk to the energy man himself. Yeah. How, how do they get in touch with mod via cameo? For sure. Easy as easy as heck. Either download the app or go to the website, cameo.com slash modson, M-O-D-S-U-N. Uh, depending on if you follow his Instagram, check out some of his videos. You got about a 50-50 shot, shirt or no shirt. Yeah, uh, totally up to you. <laughs> uh, maybe pop it in the request. But either way, obviously, he puts out a ton of good vibes. You know, definitely want to get him booked. He can probably share some more of these experiences to you. And if you're going through definitely. something, maybe the good message from him yeah. uh, would take you over the top. Yeah, and I, and just just a little a little word from an artist um, that uses cameo completely just objectively. Uh, like in this world right now, there's there's like this idea of like. Should you make your fans pay for this? Should you make your fans pay for that? And like VIPs at shows and this and that. Um, like the beautiful thing, like my opinion on that, is that something like Cameo doesn't come along often. This is a very rare platform um, to where you could set your prices one dollar, two. I don't know. Can you set your prices dollar? Yeah, yep. You can set it as whatever you want. And um, you got to understand that. And I'm talking to you artists out there because a lot of artists have an opinion on this. Like, is this the, um, you got to understand that when there's a sense of realness, like someone needs something, you can put it as a dollar, you can put it $10. But when there's a sense of urgency to it, you will do it. Most artists will get caught up with the idea of having an overwhelming large inbox and not be able to get to them. And that's totally fine. Um, but that's not to desensitize the fact that a lot of those messages in that inbox that you'll never read are very, very serious and are mm -hmm. very, very important that you see and do something about. And a listener can't blame the artist in DMs because that would be ridiculous. You get a lot of fucking DMs to see them. But you can go to something like Cameo and get a real fucking answer from someone. And when you get a DM, and let's say you do just open it and someone asking for advice, you're probably going to write maybe a sentence. On Cameo, you really feel like you need to give these people something, okay? And Cameo is important for that, for artists to know that they really, really can help. And whether it's, I promise you with Cameo, 90% of the videos are go that are going out are literally kids getting them, and it's changing their fucking lives. Absolutely. Okay? It's changing their entire lives. And uh, you can't be expected to be able to do that on any other platform but Cameo. Okay? Instagram, you're not going to see the DMs. Twitter, you're probably not going to want to reply back to all the tweets. And I'm talking to all you artists out there. But Cameo, you will feel a sense of urgency. You will feel a sense of duty. You will feel like you are doing an artist 
fucking job. And uh, so I am all about Cameo. And uh, whether or not you put your price high or low or you think your time is more important, that's fine. If you're a busy motherfucker, yeah, it's hard to do a three-minute video sometimes where you have to think out your answer. It's not just turning it on and saying, okay, here's a minute. It's literally, you think about this. You're like, this person needs help. How can I actually, actually say something to help them? It does, it is time consuming, but that's the job of an artist. That's the job of an entertainer is to literally connect. And this is how you can actually connect. Whether it costs money and you make money, that is totally, totally saturated by the fact that you can help. You heard it from the walking legend yes, himself. I love Cameo. We love you and Cameo. Your fans love you. Stand under a pleasure. none. Yes, Ladies and gentlemen, Mob Mob Thank you for having me, man. Happy to be here. <laughs> new album, new album coming oh, soon. Yeah. Drop, drop, drop. Yeah. Are we still on? Yeah. Yo. We still on? Yeah, right. Okay, good. Yo, new album coming soon. It's, uh, I haven't said it yet. It's a this is the first time I'm going to say it. It's a double album. Um, it's it's my it's my life's work pretty much really really proud of it it'll be coming out at the top of the year and uh i'll be touring right after that so that will be done that will be done ladies right. and gentlemen my we'll son we'll see you coming through chicago for sure yes yes you are all right know. brother ski ski dude